We are back in Nehemiah, uh, and like I said, right before worship, tonight, just going to be a little bit different, just so you guys know, this part's going to be a little bit shorter, and Tom's going to come back up, and we'll do some more worship, uh, because the message, you were here on Sunday, you already read this, the message is about worship, specifically about the Israelites in this story singing worship to God, singing praises, and, and so... What's happened up to this point, remember, is we're in the story of Nehemiah, the super short version. Nehemiah is just a guy. He works for the king. He's enslaved to the king, uh, and he's in captivity, right? But he really, really wants to honor God. He really, really wants to go back to Jerusalem, this really important city, the Jewish people, rebuild the walls because they were destroyed by the kingdom that he's enslaved to. So he requests the king, says, can I please go back and rebuild? And he goes back. The king says, yes, can gives him all the, the things that he will need, gives him protection to do this. Um, so Nehemiah goes back, and a lot of things happen. Uh, some good, a lot bad. Uh, but along the way, Nehemiah is faithful. Uh, he trusts God. He leads well. And he rebuilds the wall. He and the Israelites, with God's help, walls are rebuilt. And what we've been for the past few weeks is at this kind of this crescendo, this big point this crux of the story, where the wall is finished. Their work is complete, and in that time, they begin to correct back from where they were, which was ignoring God, which was not remembering who he was, what he did for them. And they were ignoring God in that time, and what they're doing is they're correcting back the old ways, the ways that God had led them and instructed them back to obeying him and worshiping him in this way. So, that's where we're at in this story, and I'm not going to read all of it. There's a lot of it. Again, if you were here, uh, if you guys read this in small groups, I just have to say this. Whenever I read a passage like this, my, my small group uh, that I host at my house, we're reading the book of Judges, and if you've ever read the book of Judges or a lot of other parts of the Old Testament, there are so many names that it's like nonsense sounds. Like in this passage, there's the name of Mataniah, Shemaiah, Azariel, Gilai, Gilai, yeah, See, I can't even say it. I'm not reading all of it because I can't say all those names. But we're gonna hop around just a little bit. We're just gonna read two verses of it. We're gonna understand it, and we're gonna talk about this idea of worship. What does it look like to worship? Why do we worship? Why do we do this thing where Tom just stood up here and played guitar and we all sang a song together and we're gonna do it again? Why do we do this? That's kind of the question. Why do we worship? Why do we worship by singing songs together, specifically? I kind of want you guys to be thinking about that as we talk just for a few minutes about this. So, to start it off, we're in Nehemiah 12. I'm going to read verse 27. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, right? Like I said, they just finished building the wall. So at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out of where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. L-Y-R-E-S. Not lyres like Andrew Puccini. Uh, that wasn't even Seth's illustration. I just thought of that. Uh, no. So here's what happens, right? They finish the wall. The Levites, who are the priests, they're this tribe of priests. Their entire job is to help lead Israel in the ways of God. They're set apart specifically for this purpose. They come out and to celebrate all that God has done for them, how do they choose to celebrate? 
it says that they get musicians and they have cymbals, harps, and lyres. Those are musical instruments. They play music. It also says later in the story, as it continues on, they get choirs, choruses of people that they, and it's this big grandiose, it's this huge spectacle where there's people up on the walls and they're up on the ends of the city and they're singing together and it's, they're, they could be heard from far away. All this is happening. We skip to the end, verse 47. And on that day, the day that they are celebrating, the day that this wall is being dedicated, they offered great sacrifices, rejoiced because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away, right? The sound of rejoicing is them playing music, singing songs, worshiping God, singing praise. That is how Jerusalem shows to honor God, right? Just remember, they overcame a lot. Nehemiah and his people overcame a lot in rebuilding this wall. Ran in a bunch of people that were naysayers and saying, you can never do this, this is impossible. Then those naysayers turned into, well, actually, we're going to tell the king that you're trying to overthrow him, that you're trying to, to build this wall to protect this space from him. And Nehemiah was faithful through it. And then those people turned to actually attack them and actually forced Israel to have a military strategy of defense to protect themselves while they built this wall. And through all of that, it would be really, really easy for Nehemiah or anyone else there to start to go, wow, we are doing such a great job. Like, pat ourselves on the back. We're killing it. We're building this great wall. We're maintaining all this. Look at all these people we're fending off. This is amazing. We're so great. Maybe we should get a little credit, right? Where's my party? You know, Nehemiah's like a great leader. Maybe Nehemiah needs a little party to, to celebrate him. But obviously it's not happens because obviously what Israel is showing us here, what they're modeling for us, right? When we read this story, we look at it. This is an old story, long time ago, a long ways away. We look at it, and this is a group of people that are doing something amazing. But the reason why they do something amazing, the reason why they're capable of doing something amazing, the reason why they try to do it in the first place is because they seek to honor God. They want to do his will. They want to do what he has commanded them. And so they seek to do it in a proper way, right? They seek to give God the credit, not themselves. The very act of rebuilding this wall is an act of worship, right? That, that's what it looks like. That's what worship is. Worship is looking to God and saying, I love you. Sometimes it's with your words. Sometimes we do that in songs. Sometimes you do that in prayer. He said, God, I love you. But this is an act of love of saying, God, this is your city that you've set apart. We're going to rebuild the wall the way that you've commanded us to. We're going to go back to the traditions, to the laws that you gave us to protect us, to help us follow you. We're going to do that because we love you, not because we're so great, but because you're so great. Right? That, that's the key thing in worship. It's, it's not this attitude of, I'm so great, look at me, give me this, and see, like, I am, I'm doing a good thing. Instead, it's, look, God, we love you, so we're actually going to sacrifice and serve you. So this is, again, back to that question of, why do we sing for worship? Why do we do this every week at ASM? Why do we gather? Why do we have musicians come up and play music? And we sing songs. We sing a lot of the same songs multiple times. 
Why do we do this? It's because Scripture commands God's Word, right? What Israel is going back to, they strayed away from God's Word. They're going back to God's Word. One of the things that God's Word commands is sing praises to God, right? It's music, singing, it's far from the only way to worship God, believe me. But it is a really, really good one. It's one that God gave us as a gift and as an instruction that we sing songs to worship God. I know uh, I struggle with this a lot, so I'm sure you do too. One of the big things that is a distractor during worship is the fact that I am not a musician. I do not sing very well. Sometimes I sing very poorly. Some of you may have heard it before. Uh, and in my head, when we get someone up here and they start playing music, I go, I really hope no one around me can hear me. Maybe I'm just singing really quietly so that no one can hear me. And if no one hears me, then no one's going to make fun of me. And if no one makes fun of me, then it's okay. And I just go invisible during this time and it's fine and we get it over with. Right? It's just worship. I have this idea of like, okay, I just want to disappear because I can't really sing. This isn't really my thing. Ignore it. Or distraction. Be honest. Y'all are in middle school. You're messing around with your friends. You're poking them during during worship, or you guys were doing something right before, so you get distracted, and it kind of kicks in. I shouldn't have said poke, because now you're all poking each other. Uh, case in point, right? It's really easy to get distracted, right? We're with all of our friends. Pausing and just standing and singing a song is kind of an abnormal action. But I want to encourage you just with a very simple thought. Very, very simple. I want to challenge us to... Think of worship in a new light. Think of the time where we sing songs specifically. Because again, like I said, there's a lot of ways to worship. I don't have time to go into all of them. But uh, why we sing songs when we do this, I, I really want to focus on this idea of it's not about you, right? The honest truth is the music in here is generally fairly loud. There's a lot of people. If everybody sings, nobody's paying attention to you. No one should be paying attention to you in the first place. I want to encourage you to actually sing with your heart. Mean it when you sing something. To do that, you have to practice a few things. You have to actually read and think about the words you're singing. Uh, if, if there's a song that comes on and, and you just you don't know the words, it's actually okay to kind of pause and just listen. Uh, and you can listen until you get the hang of it. You can listen until you've you really have thought through the words, and you go, oh, I understand what this is. Now I want to sing this to respond. That's the other part. We sing to respond. Look at the words. They're on the screen. Read them. Think about it. Actually process what you are saying, and then take that understanding of what you're saying, and in your heart, in your mind, posture yourself to sing that to God. I don't mean literally you have to look up, although maybe you do. I actually generally... When I really am singing to God, my eyes will be closed and I'll be looking up with my body just because to me, it's just a mental switch. To, to switch. This isn't about singing to anyone in the stage. This isn't about anyone else in the crowd. It's actually about me and God. So I'm just going to think of this as my eyes are closed so I'm not distracted by anything. I can only do that if I know the song, by the way. Don't magically know every song. And I posture myself to sing to God because I'm not focused on what the people around me are doing. I don't care. That, that's not the point. And so I want to encourage you doesn't have to look like, can look like a lot of things. But what I want to encourage you is in your mind and in your heart, think about the words that you are singing. Think about posture, changing your heart 
your inner thoughts, to sing them to God, not the people around you, not the person on stage, to think about what does this say about me and God? What does it say about who he is, how he's loved me, where I stand, where I am in relation to him, how good he is, how loving he is, how he has sacrificed. That is what we sing about. And think about that and sing to God, right? The beautiful thing about worship, this is my last thought, and invite Tom up as we go back into another round of worship. The beautiful thing about worship is that we get to do it together. And it's not about the people around you, and it's not. But there is a very beautiful thing about you do this in a room full of people that are trying to do the same thing, is that if we can unite together, if we can grow together in love of God, do this act of love, of singing to God from our hearts, really mean the words that are coming out of your mouth, it is a beautiful thing. It's encouraging. It's life-giving. It changes things. It's a beautiful thing that, that can just carry you through your week and you fall back on that moment. You remember, man, I love God right now. I really believe it. it it's a really cool thing. So I want to challenge us with that, but I, it, it's not like a negative challenge. It's just something to, to strive for. This is something that we can do together, that can grow each of us together, that can grow our ASM community. I'm going to pray for us briefly. So I'm going to sing a song. I'm going to come back and read something for you guys as we sing our last few. But let's practice worship together. You can go ahead and stand. Let's pray. God, you love us so much, and you have provided us with much. You've provided us with the gift of your son, Jesus, with relationship with him, salvation through him, new life. God, my prayer is this, that together as a community, that, that this room of students, we would love you, we would show our love for you. Help us do that in song. Help distractions fade away. Help us just practice loving you in this time and help that increase and grow the love in our hearts for you, the obedience and the service to you, God. Praise things in your name. Amen.